So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about credit scores, and I think there's a lot of like fear around credit scores because nobody really talks about what goes into a credit score, how you get a good credit score, why credit scores are important. Welcome back to the Potentially Podcast. We're so glad you could give us another listen. We have now updated our schedule. We're going to have two podcasts coming out a week. The first one's going to be on Monday mornings, and the second one will be on Thursdays. I'm really excited about our new schedule. I think it's going to give you guys a lot more content to listen to, a lot more interaction with us and listeners, and I think it's going to be a new schedule. So if you have any suggestions of some podcast topics that you would like to listen to, shoot those over to us. Go over to our Instagram or our Facebook, comment, message us, join our email list over on our website. And, you know, we just want to build this community and get your guys' input and see what actually you find of interest and what you don't find of interest. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about credit scores, and I think there's a lot of like fear around credit scores because nobody really talks about what goes into a credit score, how you get a good credit score, why credit scores are important. Isabel, when you were graduating high school, do you remember um, ever talking about that in school? Had anyone ever mentioned to you kind of like what makes up a credit score? Definitely not in school. I know our parents uh, mentioned it a little bit saying how we needed to build up our credit. So I got a credit card right when I turned 18, but no one really talks about what makes up the credit score and how important it is. Yeah, I think a lot of it revolves around like, okay, I know I need credit, so I'm going to get this small credit card with a very small minimum, nothing crazy, just to start slowly building up my credit so that way I can show that I'm a responsible borrower. But I don't think anyone ever really goes into the details. So that's what we want to do today. Um, It's kind of tell you a little bit more about what a credit score is, what kind of score you need, and how to improve your credit score if maybe you don't have the best score. There used to be a lot of different credit scores that were kind of thrown around and lenders would look at. Today, 90% of the top lenders use the FICO score, which just stands for the Fair Isaac Corporation score. So that's the one that we're going to be looking at today. And if you want to see any of this information for yourself, you can go over to myfico.com and look up all the stuff that we're going to be discussing with you today. So what is a good FICO score. Isabel, why don't you lay out what a good score and a bad score looks like? For a poor score, you're looking at a number of less than 580. This is well below what most people have. The next layer is called FAIR. That's looking at about 580 to 669. Then you go into GOOD, which is 670 to 739. Very good would be 748 to 799. And if you're exceptional, you're going to have over an 800, which is really, really high. That is really high. So I think the first point I want to make is that just because you have a good credit score doesn't necessarily mean your financial situation is good. So you can be in a really great financial situation and you don't have the best credit score because maybe you've been buying everything with cash. Or maybe you're in a lot of debt, but you manage the debt well. So again, you have a good credit score, but your own financial outlook isn't the best. So the credit score doesn't indicate whether you are being successful in your life. It's just 
something that lenders look at to see if you are a qualified borrower and kind of what interest rate you might be looking at when you do go to borrow money. Yeah, they definitely look at what type of credit goes into the credit score because I'm in the very good category right now. But we recently went to buy a car and I couldn't even be the first person on the loan because in the past I bought everything with cash. So my husband had to be the first name on the loan because he had loan history. So just because you have the good score doesn't mean it applies to everything you're trying to borrow for. Right. And you've always kept, you know, your personal finances in really good shape. You're not somebody that has a lot of debt. That's never been an issue for you, but you kind of ran into that roadblock. And luckily, you know, Nick was there and was able to be the first person on the loan. But it just kind of goes to show you that the credit score isn't the end all be all. It's just something that you should know about. So that way, when you go to loan, whether it's a car or a house or whatever it's going to be, you can kind of be prepared for that. So yeah, I think our credit score is usually in the good or very good. And I've told you guys that we're dealing with some debt that we have to get paid down. So we've always been really good at managing our debt, which is why we have this good credit score. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we're making a bunch of money or something like that. Next, let's look at what makes up the FICO credit score. There's five different categories that are used to calculate it, and the first one is payment history, amounts owed, length of credit, credit mix, and new credit. And when you look at the categories, it's not 20% for each. Some categories are more important than others. So the amounts owed category is 30%, payment history is 35%, length of credit history is 15%, And then the new credit and credit mix have the same value, which is 10%. The first thing that they're going to look at is your payment history for the credit score. This being the most important, it's imperative that you are making all your payments on time. You're not missing any payments because this will bring your credit score down very easily. Uh, I personally have my app on my phone for my credit card that notifies me before the due date so that way I don't forget to make my payments. I know some people like to do automatic payments for their minimum amount. I personally just like to push out the money myself. I like to do automatic payments for stuff because I stress if I'm going to forget something. The only one I don't do an automatic payment for is the credit card because it's not always the same every month. But if it's a bill that is the same every single month and I know that I can count on it to not change and not be variable, then that's when I do automatic payments. And then for stuff like my credit card, um, that's when I'll have a notification sent to me that it's almost time to send out the payment. So that way I make sure that I'm never late because that is one of the biggest things. So if if your credit score is all about whether you are going to be a good borrower, then the lender wants to know, okay, are you actually going to pay every month? Are you going to do what you said you're going to do? So that's why this is the biggest percent. This is why this category matters the most. And they don't just look at your credit cards. So they're going to look at all of your accounts. So they'll look at credit cards, retail accounts, installment loans. Installment loans just means that you took out a loan for something like a car and you're making regular payments on the car. Um, They'll look at your mortgage. They'll look at all kinds of different accounts, anything that you're paying on. So it's not just your credit card. When I look at my credit score, uh, I get it checked through my credit card and it shows all my accounts. Like I have a student loan one that's paid off, but you can still see how many different things you had in the past that goes towards the credit score. If this is the category that you are not performing well at, some things to consider to maybe um, 
improve yourself is that you want to make sure you are very organized. You need to schedule things out, whether that means writing it down on a physical calendar, whether that means putting it in your phone, having your credit card send you a notification, getting on automatic payments for things. And you also want to consider if you have to send in a physical check for something like my husband's motorcycle payment that he has to send in every month. The bank is really weird and they make you send in an actual physical check. They're very old school. So he needs to make sure that he has it sent out by a certain day so that way the bank receives it by a certain day. So you want to make sure all of these things are on check so that way you don't mess something up. And it's not that if you mess up one payment, that means you're screwed forever, but it needs to. you need to show consistency. You need to show that you're somebody that can be trusted to do what you say you're going to do, send in the money on time. In the past, me and my husband had two little dry erase boards. One was a calendar so we could put each month what day things were due. And the other one was a blank little notes board so we could put how much we owed on the bills, for example, our credit card, and then how much we paid that month just to keep track of it a little easier, as well as having notifications on my phone from the apps. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're communicating back and forth um, with somebody. So that way you and your husband can be on the same page. I think that's a really great way to... Um, go about it. So the next category is amounts owed. This accounts for 30% of your credit score. This category I think is the one that caused me the most confusion when I was first learning about credit scores and what it meant to have a good credit score or improve your credit score. So what they do is they look at how much credit you have available to you, but they don't stop there. They look at how much you're utilizing that credit. So they look at your credit utilization. So what that means is, let's say you have a credit card limit of $10,000. If you're only using $1,000 every month on that $10,000, that looks really good because you're only using 10% of your available credit. That's awesome. That's really great. But if you're putting $9,000 on your credit card every month, that looks bad because that means you're using up 90% of your available credit. They don't like that. So the 10,000 never changed. You had the same amount of credit available to you, but you actually get punished if you use too much of your available credit. Some things to consider with this. If you pay off a credit card, let's say you've been in debt and you finally get a credit card paid off. Let's say it was a $10,000 credit card and you're super excited and you want to just close it out. You can do that. And I'm not saying that you have to keep it open, but if you do that, your credit will take a hit from that because now you're going to have less available credit to you. So if you close out the account completely and not just cut up the card, but you actually call and close out the account, your credit score is actually going to go down from that. So let's say you're in a scenario where you're trying to save up for a home and you're really proud of yourself because you've been paying down all of your debts before you take out this mortgage and you close out the accounts. Well, now your credit score took a hit, and now when you go to get that mortgage, you're going to have a lower credit score. So it's not always the best idea, actually, to close out the cards. That's something I definitely did not realize starting out my credit cards. I figured as soon as I can get a better credit card, I'll just get rid of my old one. So good to know that that's not the best idea. Just don't put money on that card if you don't want to use it anymore. And as we pay off our credit cards and we're getting ourselves out of this debt, my plan is to eventually close out the credit cards, even though it will, you know, it will take a little bit of a hit to my score because I just don't want the hassle of them anymore. I don't want the reminder of my bad decisions. I don't want the temptation of using them again. 
but I'm going to wait until after we have a home. So we'll get a home. I'll be all settled. I know that I'm not planning on taking out a loan anywhere in the near future. And then my plan is to close out the accounts that we're no longer using. That's a really good idea. You have to think ahead if you're planning on buying at home, even in the next five years, 10 years, you need to think about that way ahead of time with credit. Right, exactly. And they're also looking at the types of accounts that you have. So a credit card is a revolving credit account, basically because you're not taking out a lump sum of money and then paying it back over time. It's just this credit that's available to you every month on a revolving basis that you can use. And so that also gets treated a little bit differently than an installment loan might. So that's something to consider that if you have tons and tons of credit cards out, that's not always going to look the best either. So you want to make sure that you are kind of balancing that. And I think that leads us into our next category. So the next category is the credit mix, which is 10% of your FICO score. And that is when they're going to look at the types of accounts that you have. This is where my credit score takes a hit a little bit since I had only had one credit card and one student loan, especially when we were buying our car. This is one of the things that they had looked at. Well, you just didn't have a lot to prove yourself. You didn't have a lot to show that you're actually capable of paying back what you took. This is a reason people shouldn't be afraid to have to get a loan. Personally, I really, I don't like it. The idea of it scares me. So that's why I had put it off for so long, but I see now it's a good thing to get one. I can still pay it off quick if I would like to, and it overall will help my credit a lot. I think it's kind of a necessary evil unless you have all cash for everything. So like I like to listen to um, Dave Ramsey a lot. I think that I like his importance on getting rid of debt and I'm trying to do that in my own life. And, you know, he always talks about how the credit score doesn't matter because, you know, you shouldn't be taking out loans. Well, that's great if you're at that point, but if you're not at that point and you are going to take, going to need to take a loan out for a car or a house or something like that in the future, well, then the credit score does matter because you want to be able to get a good interest rate. You don't want to be given a interest rate 2% higher than somebody else and have to pay all this extra money just because you haven't thought about this leading up to whatever loan that you want to take out. Right. It's really hard to get to that point, especially starting out. I don't know how I would have saved enough money to buy the car I have now or especially a house in the future, that'd be really hard to save up enough money for that. Right. And I think like my my big goals is I would love to buy a house in all cash. Like I think that's amazing. But it's also recognizing that that takes time and it kind of just depends on your life situation and where you're at when you're figuring all of this out. So to be able to get towards, you know, mostly using cash is awesome. And I don't mean literal cash, but just that you have cash on hand to buy whatever it is you want to buy. I think that's great for the future. But for right now, I still think it's important to look at your credit score and make sure that it's on track. So that way, if you do have to take out a mortgage or you do have to take out a loan for a car, that at least you're not getting screwed over with too high of an interest rate. Another category looked at is the length of your credit history. This accounts for 15% of your credit score. This is the category that is always shown as the reason my credit score is not as high as it could be. I've had a credit card since I was 18. I'm only 22 right now, so apparently that's not long enough for it to help my credit score at all. No, it's not long enough. And this is also the category that, to some extent, you can't really control. 
So if you've had a credit card since you were 18 and now you're only 22, I mean, you can't make time go faster. So that's not something that you can really change. What you can change is that if you've had no type of credit and you're in your 20s, okay, well then get one now so that way you can start building that credit up. And by the time you're ready to buy a house, you do have some kind of credit to show for it because you don't want to get into your 30s and to go buy a house and then tell you, oh, you need a co-signer for this loan. And then trying to ask your parents or something like that to be a co-signer is, you know, it's never fun. And I'm sure there are parents out there who are willing to do it. My parents have done it for me. And it's, you know, I'm super grateful for that. But by the time I go to buy a home, that's not something I want to be doing. I don't want to have to ask them to co-sign on a loan because I haven't built up enough credit. For sure. And some people don't even have someone willing to co-sign with them. So you really need to take responsibility for yourself and do everything you can to help yourself. You can't always rely on the people around you. Exactly. And maybe it's not a matter of not wanting to, but maybe your parents just can't even because their financial situation is not where it needs to be. So maybe they can't even help you with a cosign. So it's definitely something that you wanna start building up your history. This one's pretty straightforward open some kind of account, use it responsibly, and just let the years, you know, rack up as you go and it will help increase your score. So basically as well, what I'm saying is you kind of just got to wait for this one. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, there's plenty of problems like that with finances that you kind of just got to wait. Like, you know, when you go to rent a car and they don't want to rent it to you because you're only 20 and you have to be, what is it, like 21 to, or is it older than that? I think it's either like 21 or 25. It might be 25. I think it might be 25 where they finally let you like rent a car without paying an extra fee. So there's some problems in life that you can't fix unless you just give it time basically is what I'm saying. So that's kind of how it goes for this category is you just got to wait and let your credit history build up. So the last category is new credit and this also makes up 10% of your FICO score. So this is asking you how many new accounts or new inquiries that you've made in a short period of time. It's okay to check your own score. That's not going to affect your FICO score. But if you go to apply for a new credit card or for a car loan or something like that, and then a lender checks into your credit, that could affect your credit. The check could affect your credit and how many accounts you open very quickly and close together that also can affect it. So if you've been opening a lot of new accounts and you keep seeing your score go down, stop, stop opening accounts, (laughs) let it breathe, handle the money that you've just taken out, make sure that you're not going crazy with all this debt because it's going to make your credit score way worse. So there's two different types of checks when you check your credit score, a hard or a soft. Uh, I do soft checks a lot where I go on my app for my credit card and it shows me the score. This does not affect my credit score at all, but when I went to buy my new car, they did a hard check and that actually brought my credit score down a little bit. It doesn't affect it by too many points, probably around five, which you can get that back up pretty easily, but it's good to know you don't want to go out inquiring about a bunch of loans, getting your credit score checked a bunch of times because that could bring it down. I have the same thing on my credit card app where it will show you the score and mine actually, I don't know if yours does this as well or not, but mine actually like when you open it up, it'll show you what category is kind of hurting your score. So that way you can actually target that category and try to make it better. So the category, I have a pretty good um, credit score, but the category that is always a little bit less good is um, my credit card utilization. So that's the one of how much debt you're using compared to how much you have. And like I've talked about before, that's what we're trying to get under control right now. 
that's what we're trying to pay back and make sure that we're um, setting ourselves up for the future. So while we're working on our debt problem, we're also fixing our credit score. So that's that's great. Yeah, my app does the same thing. It breaks it down by each category and it has a little uh, graph that shows me how my credit score has gone up or down in the past months. So for a couple months, mine had gone down because I had emergency vet bills that I had to pay for. And so my ratio was off for how much I could borrow versus how much I was borrowing. And then as that improved, I could see the chart that my score was going up. And then I was back to just the history being the thing bringing me down. And so I kind of, I just want to reiterate with the whole credit score is that I don't think you should be living and dying by this score. Because again, I don't think it shows whether you're going to be financially sound in the future or not. And again, maybe it won't even matter in the future if you get to the point where you're buying everything in cash and you don't need loans anymore. But until that point, I think it's just something to keep an eye on and to add to your list of things that you want to track and make sure you have a handle on. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with showing that you can be responsible with money. So if you're trying to build up your credit, what I would suggest doing is taking on a credit card with a small minimum. Start with something small. Make sure that you can manage it. Make sure that you're not going to get in over your head. Make sure you're not going to put too much on a credit card. What we've started doing once we became more responsible with our credit card, what we started doing is we just put like necessities as far as like gas and stuff like that. So we keep using the card, but we're not, you know, going shopping on Amazon and buying whatever we want anymore. So it's just there as a way to kind of build up the score, but we're not getting ourselves in trouble and getting ourselves in more debt. So I would suggest doing that. And then I would suggest just making sure that you pay everything on time, whatever your car payment is, make sure it's there on the day it needs to be there, preferably the day before. So you don't have to stress about it. And that's how I would go about building up your credit score. We hope that this episode has given you a little bit more insight into your credit score and how it all works. If you have any comments for us about this topic, you can head over to our Instagram or Facebook, leave us a comment, tell us what you thought of the episode or any ideas you have for future episodes for us. Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to and try to leave us a review so more people can see what we're about and hopefully get interest in us. You can also head over to our website to get on our email list so that way you can know when all our new episodes are coming out. You can find us and follow us everywhere at Live Potentially. Thanks for listening, guys. See you on the next episode. <laughs>